Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. In the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for Poles Position. The Bears have the number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? We're going to evaluate the draft class, and I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away. We're counting down the days to the NFL Draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Are you ready for people to start questioning whether you're the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next I mean, year? I am. I would trade Justin Fields. I'm Justin Fields all the way. I love the kid. What I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna pack it him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good, that's a good little insight right there. There's many things you can do. Uh, trade um, back. Yeah, a trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter <laughs> The Bears would be absolutely insane yeah. to trade you. Put your pom-poms down in Chicago, Justin Fields. He's not a star. Poles position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons on The Score. Every day at 3 o'clock, we try to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles. We talk about a draft prospect, a trade, a free agent, a hypothetical, or we bring on an expert. Today, we couldn't find an expert. So we're bringing on Adam Hogue from CHGO, from the WGN Morning News. <laughs> oh, Guy's got 1,000 jobs. He was at the Combine. He's great. He's on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What up, Hogue? That was an accurate intro. Um, <laughs> you got to admit, even though you took the shot, that was well executed by the two of us right <laughs> yeah. here. I mean, that was, whoo, that was I pretty, mean, he, pretty good. Yeah, he put up the alley and you t- took down the oop. It yeah. was pretty good. I just I missed the show all last week while I was in Indy. So is this official? It's the polls position? That's the name of the segment? It That's is. That's the name of the segment. What do you think? Uh, I'm just glad you guys came to a conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> it was taking us a while. <laughs> taking us a while. That's fair. That's fair. It was embarrassing. <laughs> it was. To just not have it named. And then a listener gave it to us. And then we found the Saturday morning cartoon of Poll's position. Or Poll position, excuse me. And uh, now we're here. And now we're here. Well, and well I'm here. honored to be in or on the Poll's position. Thank you, Adam. Um, <laughs> what was the single most interesting thing you heard in Indianapolis? Ooh. Um... Well, one was here's actually here's what it is. I was trying to figure out. Part of me wants to know like why you can't just come out and be like Justin Fields is our guy. Does this mean like you're just playing the game, or are you know is there still some apprehension there? I think it's a little bit of both. But we do all know that the Bears are going this route where they're not trading Justin Fields. I mean that much is obvious at this point. But one the interesting thing I heard that gives a little bit of context to it is I heard from multiple people last week that the Kansas City Chiefs were not necessarily high on Justin Fields the year he came out. Now, a couple things there. Obviously, they weren't really in the market for a quarterback, so how much did they, you know, they, they go down the, the road of probably doing some grades, but how, you know, in-depth was that analysis? 
Um, obviously, they had Patrick Mahomes. However, you know, it's interesting because that's where Ryan Poles came from. Again, though, that doesn't necessarily mean Ryan Poles has that same opinion as whatever that Chiefs grade was at the end of the day. It just it was interesting to me to hear that, and I actually heard it twice because it, it, the conclusion I came out of Indy as I was trying to do some digging into that was I think there was enough belief in Justin Fields to take the job in Chicago, but maybe there was a little bit of apprehension or wonder going into the season about what would all look like when it was over. And then when you put in the context the entire season – I think everybody got so excited, and rightfully so, in the middle of the year. You kind of forgot that the first three weeks really were not good. So if if there was some questioning at all at the beginning of the year, and then you had the first month go the way it did, you could see why the conclusion is what, to the Bears' credit, I think they've been very open and honest about it even last week, both Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. We like Justin Fields. We still want to see him get better. And that's a conclusion that as much as we talk this thing to death, I think we can all be in agreement on. That's really interesting. Um, uh, All that makes sense. Going into last year, we had lots of conversations, uh, Danny, about what if Justin Fields just isn't their guy? Like, what if they they just don't like him? So if we grant that with the Kansas City information, they didn't go and get him a lot of help. They didn't really hook him up with stuff. Uh, to build around him because maybe they weren't sure. And right now, like you say, they, they got a little more sure as they went on and Chase Claypool is acquired, but they still don't really have to decide right now in terms of the next decade. They've got this year to decide. It's like, like they have to race to an extension or No, no they don't right have to now. race to an extension, but the opportunity to select the first quarterback in the draft He's not good enough. Is, is one that you don't necessarily get Again, and but, you don't want to get again. But they're sure that Fields can give them, get them to a certain level, and they're sure of his work ethic now, and they're sure of him, yeah. and that's better than the risk of any of those quarterbacks. Right, Adam? Well, yes, and I think it's also, as I just made one connection to Kansas City, now let's make a connection to Philadelphia, another topic that has been discussed, but I do think it's, it's notable that what you saw the Eagles do last year with Jalen Hurts in a very similar position where it's like, Okay, this guy, we like him, but how good is he really? Now, I I get it. He had a ton more help this year, but hopefully that's what the Bears are going to be providing Justin Fields here in the next couple weeks. It's obviously not going to be a Super Bowl caliber team, but it should be better. But the, the logic here is if you can trade back in the draft, keep Justin Fields, add pieces, add future draft capital, which is really what I'm getting at, what the Eagles did last year. They added that first-round pick, so now they have two first-round picks this year. They gave themselves a safety net if Jalen Hurst did not take that leap. What's great for them is he took that leap. They went to the Super Bowl. They still have that draft capital. But that's essentially what you could do if you're the Bears to say, all right, yeah, it's an interesting quarterback class, but I don't know how great of a quarterback class it is. I don't think there's that sure thing. So if we can move back, add that safety net next year, we're still putting Justin Fields in the position that I think they owe him. I I think a lot of us feel like they owe him. Put more help around him. Give him that chance to really take that next step in year three. More importantly, I I don't like saying year three because I think what the more important number is, it's year two in Getsy's offense. And there is that stability here now where he knows the playbook. He knows that system. And now the Bears will be putting him in a much better position to actually take those leaps that we all want to see him make uh, and the Bears want to see him make, especially in the passing game.
Hogue, did you read Peter King this morning? I did, yes. So I thought that there was a quote in there that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. He said, no one's going to rush me. I know I can get a 24-1 and a 25-1. You're telling me for the next two years I'll have two ones? That's either four really good players or if we're cruising, we can still trade back. I feel like that in conjunction with what you're saying, that like maybe he isn't still totally sold on him, but it's enough that they absolutely need to build, like build into him like or build around him for at least this year. It's like, well, if they trade back with Carolina and trade back to nine and draft offense to help fields, take a receiver, take a tackle, upgrade on offense around fields, but then you have two ones in 24 and two ones in 25, you still don't necessarily need to be committed to Justin because you'd have the ammunition to move up. You're not going to be able to trade up to one next year. No one's trading the number one pick with Caleb Williams in it. But you will have the draft ammunition to trade up for your quarterback in the future if it doesn't work out. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. I, I, and I think that was a notable quote. Um, but he already has an offer for, for two extra first-round picks. Is That means he's thinking about trading down far. To nine, maybe nine, yeah. eleven. That, that, that means he is he is very open to considering taking blue chip player off the table and trading down far. I also don't think it's an accident that at the end of the week he decided to put that specifically out there. Now, I do. I actually believe. I, I believe it though because I had heard late in the week. That's what I had heard too. That the that there were twenty three and twenty four. I'm sorry, twenty four and uh, twenty five first round picks on the table that had already been put out there. Now. Are these formal finalized offers? I'm not sure we're at that point. But to me, the interesting part about the Peter King thing was that quote and also the, the he basically said there are three teams that have come to him with at least preliminary offers. And one of those teams was a little bit later than he expected. So, you know, the idea of now we're probably talking about trading out of the top 10 with some mystery team. And I guess we'll just have to connect the dots on that. But if they do that, now we're talking about, hey, you're going to have to pay even more of a premium, obviously, if the Bears are going to move. Well, if you do that, that you are out. trading for a historic amount of draft capital. Probably. Probably, but I also like – and then he – so Poles kind of gave us his color code last week when he talked publicly to us in Indy. And, right. You know, we, we know that there's the blue players at the top, and – presumably moving that far back with that third team that would be farther back, you wouldn't be getting one of those blue players. That makes me a little nervous because I, and I had this conversation with polls last week too, when he came on our show on CHGO, which was like, yo, at some point you need dudes, right? I mean, and that's how I like to put it. Like you need difference makers. And I'll give you a little tease because I'm right. I was just writing right now before I came on with you guys. Another one of the conclusions I got in Indy last week, which I think is, problems probably not the right word for the bears but a little bit of bad luck the overwhelming consensus on this free agent class is that it's underwhelming that it's just not very good so it's great that they have all this draft cap or excuse me cap space but they literally have to spend money and you don't want to spend it in the wrong way so polls is going to have to be creative perhaps with some trades here where you get a veteran that you then extend or really be disciplined in how you spend the money in a way that, all right, you have to spend it because you have to reach the floor. Do it in a way where if you have to cut these guys in a year, 
you do it with no problem and it doesn't hurt you because it's just not the most ideal year to have the most cap space. I love that he is, if not full-on considering making the trade before free agency, at least using the threat of that to get teams to up their offer. Uh, you know, or like to get them to feel the urgency, like which he talked about in the Peter King piece, because then you could attack free agency knowing. Like, I just saw this that uh, looks like Frank Clark is going to get released by the Kansas City Chiefs. So there's another edge rusher possibly on the market. Um, and obviously still a productive one. As you talk about a blue player, I can't stop thinking about the edge rushers, Adam. Like, is there, from the edge rushers that you saw, is there a second or third edge rusher behind Will Anderson that Ryan Poles might like just as much and thinks as a blue player, thinks somebody he could get at seven or nine, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I the, the truth is I don't necessarily know right now. I mean, I think that there's there's certainly guys with traits. Um, who's the kid? I'm blanking on his name right now, right, from Clemson uh, with, with, the, with the wingspan that everybody was talking about last yeah. week. I'm sorry, Texas Tech. Tyree Wilson. Uh, yeah, Tyree Wilson. But, you know, I feel like once you get past Will Anderson, who it really caught my eye when he when he when you see his measurables, like basically be a mirror image of Khalil Mack. It's like, oh, OK, well, maybe any concerns I had about him being too small to be a four, three defensive end were a little a little uh, overblown. But they're not going to get him. They're, they're not going to stick around. He's going to he's going to trade down and. And so that's why, you know, I wonder I wonder what position might he be able to still find a blue player down low at nine, if not edge rusher? Well, that, and that's why I'm not necessarily it comes on the defensive side. I think that the more and more I think about this, maybe defense is where you spend the money on um, in free agency, and then you really attack offense in the draft. Uh, I... I let me tell you this, because I've thought about this more and more in the last couple of days with this idea that you trade back down to nine with with the Panthers. And I, I think that there's still guys that you can be happy with there. I really like Peter Skaronsky. Um, You know, I got the chance to see him up close when he was a freshman at, at Northwestern when I was still doing sidelines. And just the way he seamlessly came in during a COVID year where the offseason program was, you know, completely jacked up and he walked right in with no problem that year he was playing right tackle but you know he comes over from Maine south with, without any issue whatsoever and then he moved over to the left side the following years and and has been great i mean i think that that's still a good player that in the back end of the top 10 you're very happy with you know jackson smith and, and jigba for people who want wide receivers i mean he had a great week down in indy is that a reach if you're drafting him late top 10 I don't know. I mean, if he's a really good wide receiver that helps Justin Fields, who cares? Especially if you've draft, you've added all the draft capital. So, I still think that there's talented players um, that the Bears can find later on. That at this point, you know, a week ago I would have said Jalen Carter, love Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter. But with these issues that have popped up this week, and as I detailed throughout last week, actually was getting some pushback and negative feedback even before the big bombshell came uh, w- with the car crash, I I think it's okay for the Bears to, to be picking f- at nine, whereas I think a couple weeks ago I was pretty – I was being stubborn about that, and I was thinking more, I just don't want to miss out on one of those top-tier guys because I think the Bears need them. I, at this point, you need a lot of things, so I'm okay with it. Who helped themselves the most at the Combine? Any position? Any player? Um – can I go local? I mean, I really think 
uh, at a Tamoa at a Bore from Northwestern has gone from a guy whose tape you couldn't really figure out. And some people I've talked to think he was playing out of position there to it's not just what he did at the combine being the first ever player at 280 pounds to run uh, a sub four, five forty, which is ridiculous. He also dominated the senior bowl. So I think that that's somebody to keep an eye on and then not to be redundant, but I heard a lot of good things about Jackson Smith and Jigba um, that make me feel more comfortable about taking him, you know, even perhaps top 10, which I don't know. A lot of people are projecting him at, I will say this, um, Anthony Richardson, I think, helped himself a lot. That doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with the idea of taking a guy with 13 starts uh, and taking a flyer on him. But I do think at this point he probably goes top six, which at least helps the Bears in terms of trying to trade that pick. Yeah, it it, does. Yeah, it increases the amount of uh, bidding for it. Hogue, do you think Justin Fields would have been drafted higher if there was a combine his year? That's a good question. Because I think measurables I think, would have popped, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's another name I should mention, by the way. C.J. Stroud obviously had a really workout the other day, and he's sort of all of a sudden weirdly flying under the radar in sort of the way that Justin Fields did that year. Um, if we're being honest, I think it's a good question, and I think my answer to that question is yes. Uh, all these, all these. Uh, so Richardson runs. What was his number? Right? He was a four-four, four-four-four, right? Right. It was absurd. And it's like, but that's what Fields like, ran. Exactly, but people don't count Fields because it's not even in the it's not in the combine record. Yeah, because right? well, it, it was a pro day. It was at his pro day. Yeah. So the, I've had, that's actually been annoying me the last few days because I'm like, wait a minute, most athletic cute, and I realize other measurables go into it, but everyone's like most athletic quarterback ever drafted, and I'm like. I think Fields would have blown this thing up if there had been a combine. So um, it's it's certainly possible that one of those teams that passed on him, like the Broncos or Panthers. Falcons. Falcons maybe make that decision that they, they probably should have made in hindsight. If if Anthony Richardson is moving himself into the top six, it's not like Will Levis had a bad combine, did he? Stroud had a great one. And Bryce Young's big problem continues to be something everybody's known about. Are we looking at four quarterbacks in the top six, which would be fabulous for the Bears to trade to nine or lower? Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I do think Levis comes with some concerns that are probably a going to take him completely off of some people's boards. I mean, just the inconsistencies in his game. He's got a lot of hard questions to answer about what happened last season, and there's some understandable reasons for it, but – there's also, you know, some teams are going to look at it like excuses. I think also the medicals with him dealing with the injuries he dealt with. Some teams will look at him like, hey, you're really tough. You played through all that stuff. And other teams are going to be like, well, is this still an issue? So I I think the question on Levis becomes, and I guess it's not all that different from Richardson. It's just like, is there that team that falls in love with them? And as I always say this time of year, over and over again, it only takes one team. And the Bears learned that the hard way, the Trubisky year, but they were that team, that one team. That's all it takes. You need a desperate team. And I think in all four cases with these top four quarterbacks, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd say, yeah, that there's probably going to be that one team that gets desperate and likes them. So, But I, I would say Levis is number four at this point in terms of what I've heard of the amount of interest of a team that's going to get desperate and make that move. All right, Lynn, I, I'm going to give you one more hypothetical. Just real quick. Over. It, would, it wouldn't be a polls position without yeah, like no, four right. of them. Yeah. All right. 
Is Jalen Carter a top 10 pick, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if he goes top five. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I was already sensing that by the time I left Indy. Yeah. Um, and I think the more and more time that we get away from the bombshell that came out and trust me, I was all into it too. I was like, well, wait a minute, this, you got to take this guy off your board. And then, um, you it's not that I'm in any way justifying what happened. It's no, just you're, looking, through the NFL look, prism of what you know about evaluators and their propensity to forget about anything other than talent. Of course, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's what happens. Um, now I think what's going to be interesting will be the timing of what happens legally. I am. I still have questions and don't think it's a coincidence that that thing dropped the day he was supposed to work out at the combine, right? Like, yeah. well, well, why are these charges coming out today? That's interesting. So when's the next big uh, development going to come out? And I think for whatever reason, there's some games being played there and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But as of today, I think he's definitely still a top, uh, not definitely, but I, I would say yes to your question. I think he's top 10. Danny, you know what? I'm glad we didn't find an expert. You know what I mean? This yeah. was this was fun with yeah. Adam Hogue. It, yeah. It's it's worked out better than an expert. You could be our fallback plan anytime. <laughs> okay, I'll be your the show's non-expert. Ooh. I will embrace it. And um, no, seriously, man, yeah. you guys do great work over Absolutely. there. Congrats on uh, one year and growing uh, at CHGO. It was cool to see you guys out at the combine and doing all that great work. So uh, congrats, man. It's been good stuff. Just trying to prove Shane wrong. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said uh, CHGO and Adam are just trying to prove you wrong, Shane. With hey, their success. I, I th- well, no, we were talking about something back here. Um, but so, no. <laughs> Adam, I thought we were all. I thought we were past that. It's good. Oh, point. hey, yeah. you know what I've learned about athletes, right? You find whatever little doubt you like. Everybody doubted the Chiefs, right? Nobody thought the Chiefs could win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, oh, you guys, you know, are the but Chiefs except now. for. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. Let's not. Oh, you're the Chiefs. I mean, I know, I know Zawaski is your Pat Mahomes, but let's, yeah. let's take it easy. I know you... Mark Carmen's hosting Saturday Night Live. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Car- hey, Carb could host SNL. He'd be better with the monologue than Kelsey was. All right, yeah. see you, Hogue. Bye, guys. Have a good day. That's Adam Hogue on Paul's position. Seriously, Carm would kill an SNL monologue. It'd be, be great. great. I know I'd laugh. Everything that guy says makes me laugh. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took a shot at you, Shane. He said, he said that he's just trying to prove you wrong. Yeah, it's okay. Still being it's right. okay. He, he does not have to do anything to prove me right or wrong because I think he's one of the most talented humans on the face of the planet. Oh, wow. He's in Chicago media. So <laughs> Named Adam. <laughs> so, not, so not on the face of the planet. No, he's more he, talented he than Adam Suzuki. one of the most talented Chicago media professionals here. I, I, he doesn't have to do anything. I, I, he's proven it. I think he's great. I forgot to tell him how how handsome he looks in that picture that uh, that you tweeted from the WGN News this The guy morning. is sneaky good looking. I was like, whoa. Is yeah. it sneaky? Yeah, I think it's pretty sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Very <laughs> handsome is Adam Hogan. I don't know if that's a compliment, sneaky good looking. I would take it. <laughs> uh, let's call him back, ask him if that's a compliment. Um, we will talk to Ryan McGuffey coming up at 4 o'clock, but uh, do a little baseball. Speeg spoke to a cub, uh, and it might allow us to revisit the idea of their floor. It's coming up. Parkinson Spiegel. Oh, no, he didn't speak about it. No, it was the other baseball show. They're all the same. Tanny. Big fan They're of the weekend, weekend programming. Baseball show. Big fan of the All weekend right? programming. <laughs> Inside the clubhouse. I guess uh, Danny wasn't really listening to the pre-show meeting. Huh? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, got him! Oh, 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 got him! 
<laughs> spoken about on a, a hit and run. No, nope. it's gonna be spoken about here. It wasn't it's so all tied in the room together? No, it was, it was inside the clubhouse. It was inside the clubhouse. <laughs> it wasn't I'm saying, hit and run. The player was on inside the clubhouse. Yeah. You talked about it on hit and I, run. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. He didn't. No, no, he I saved it for the show. I saved it for this. You hosted it for this. I do. Thank you. That's a show. It's a baseball show. Nailed it on Sundays. You're two for two. You're building it back up. See, I know what I'm talking about. It's Margaret speak on the score. Going out there every single day with your guys and, and your brothers and having each other's backs and just playing the game of baseball. And I think that's what we're going to be doing really well this year. For a guy who struggled his way through a bunch of different things and trying to talk about his season and what he's doing and everything, all of a sudden he just freaking lit up. And I know that's some spring optimism going but that is this this batch of people. But I've, you said it, so I didn't have to scoff. You can say it. What? So so you are emboldened into your floor conversation, yeah, because of an answer from a guy who you said isn't all there <laughs> on inside the clubhouse talked about playing together. Yep, yep. I'm betting the under. <laughs> this team's gonna suck. Yeah, he sounded incredibly coherent in that cup, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And that's what was striking. That's what was striking. The other stuff was not striking. Was not All right, Cody, if you're listening, man, like <laughs> <laughs> me, Danny, and Tanny, don't talk about you like this. We don't feel this way. No. This is Speak's thing. Sorry. This, this is not us. Okay. The guy smokes a little bit of weed. That's okay. <laughs> that, that's Allegedly. a lot different than, hey, check out this dumbass. <laughs> I didn't say that. Can't put a sentence together. <laughs> Did I say that? Those are your words, sir. I'm still confused because I've only heard one clip of it, and he yeah. sounded great. You didn't hear the earlier stuff. Uh, but that's okay. Well, right, well, then listen to this clip, too. This comes after. <laughs> this comes after. This, right. this is Cody Help talking me, about my only hope. Uh, talking about the <laughs> mental side of the game. All right, right. I mean, at the end of the day, no one else is in your own mind. Okay, right No there. one else is. <laughs> I mean, that to me, that's what it's all about. No right one there. else is in your own mind. Yeah. Man. Stop and think about that. <laughs> You're the only one inside your own head. Yes. That's true. Yes. You get crowded in yeah. there. There are other people in there. Yeah. That was him I ta- hear a lot of voices. I was him talking about like if there's more data and more info than he needs to like because this dude has been a disaster <laughs> for like two and a half seasons of just being an absolute disaster offensively. So you're saying that their floor is 80 wins, uh-huh. but the former MVP that they signed to a one-year, $17 million deal is probably going to be a disaster? I think he might be a disaster. Oh, no. Yeah, chat me up about this, Speak. Uh-huh. So how do, how do they get to said floor if this guy's not a huge part of like having a resurgence this year? Um, how does that – are they defense going to be that good? Huh? Yeah, his defense will be great. He might steal a lot of bases. I think offensively – bases are huge now. He'll be able to get there. And, and he's fast. He's fast. He's going to play good, clean baseball as he hits – Around 205, something like that. Strikes out a lot. Wait a minute. Hey, man, I have a what, lot of... What numbers do you think Cody Bellinger's going to have this year? Say some numbers out loud. I think I think it's going to be bad, man. You I, know, I know you said that. Yeah. I want some specific numbers. Okay. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, no one else is in your own mind. That's why I can't, you know... All right. Let's look up his numbers on Cody Bellinger. I am. No, I'm looking up Cody Bellinger's numbers to see what I actually think is, is reasonable. Yeah, last year the OPS of 654. Oof. Um, Over or under 654? I'll, I'll say under 700. Um, under 700. I think he's going to have... Uh, All right, so, so over or under 654? Over. Okay, over 654. So okay. Over 654. Okay, okay. so he's going to... Okay. Dude, how are they going to score runs? Um, like if, if, if he, they need, 
So 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 Trey Mancini so, homered yesterday. So Say is hurt, uh-huh. and Suzuki's gonna have a sub seven hundred OPS. Mm. A Bellinger, yeah, yeah, but but yeah, yeah, no, see, right. Suzuki's hurt. Bellinger's gonna have a sub seven hundred OPS. Uh-huh. I don't think a former MVP just loses it like that. Count me in on the Cody Bellinger change of scenery, career resurgence. I got a nine hundred OPS. Oh, wow. I've got twenty five homers. That's insane. And I have. Let, Thirty let, doubles. Let's set some. How about an eight? Let's set an eight hundred OPS. Over. You're going over on eight hundred OPS. Eight hundred OPS would be great. It would be amazing. <laughs> seven be better than any of the last three years. Yeah, seven seventy five would be amazing. Something like that. I I I got a bad feeling. I got a bad. You know what? Okay. You, you know what vibe it gave me? Honestly, the first part of that, and I didn't want to play the stuff that you know, might have embarrassed or might have made the point. So maybe that's my, my fault for choosing the, you know, what the tape is. But it reminded me of when Mac and I would talk to Gordon Beckham every week about his, his batting. Nice guy, not a dumb guy, but just answerless. Answerless in talking about it. Well, want to get back to being myself was the phrase that he kept using. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? But also it sounds like maybe what you think is a possible – scenario here is the Cubs are going to throw too much information because some guys 100%. don't they, they thrive with less information just feel just let me see my my video and then I'll go out there and do what's best for me maybe talk to your own personal hitting coach but it sounds like the Cubs are gonna have too many possible answers they threw them. too many answers at Kyle Schwarber that's exactly what happened with Kyle Schwarber and I think that the way they go about trying to fix people is not going to click with this guy and that's that's just my unfortunate feeling at this at this point I'm kind of in the opposite camp I think Jed runs a different ship than Theo did just a little bit different. That's and, true. And, and I think that the combination of Jed and Carter Hawkins are going to understand that Cody Bellinger doesn't have to be a guy who can come on the radio and talk about why he's not doing well or talk about why it didn't go well previously. And maybe he can't. Gonna, exactly. I, the, the two things are not mutually exclusive. But, but I don't need my player to know, know how to talk about why he's not good. I just want him to be good. I hear you. I hear you completely. The thing is, he's got to know why. He's got to figure out why. And if you look at Cody Bellinger's swings the last three years, they're wildly different. Like just change after change after change after change. And I, 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 do, I worry that he's a guy who has, is, is going to be lost as he looks for it, which happens. That does happen to people. All right, so I want to have a conversation with you about defense in baseball and how much it matters. Because, it, like, in in football, they say offense, defense, special teams, three phases of the game. But like special teams is not as important as offense right. and, and defense. And you don't it, think defense is as important as offense or pitching? Well, yeah, I think defense and pitching go together. Run prevention not, not, and run scoring. Run, run, run prevention, run scoring. Yes. So I think that, the pitching and the defense is going to work together to to be very, right, well, to, to really overachieve what people are thinking. All right. Well, let's. I want to put some names to that. Then I want to be sure I fully understand where because like I. I think the Cubs are going to play a fundamentally sound brand of baseball. I think they're going to steal some runs with their glove in the field. I think they got good defensive players basically all over the diamond. Like I'm in agreement. You with, just don't think they're the, going to hit enough to score runs. Yeah, and I and I think that like there's only so many balls that you can catch that a mediocre or average defensive team wouldn't catch over the course of a week's worth of baseball games. That if you save one or two runs defensively, I don't know that that amounts to being an 84-win baseball team, you know, when you factor in attrition and all of that stuff. So I want to see if we can, like, fine-tune that coming up before Ryan McGuffey at four on the score. We're going to talk to Ryan McGuffey coming up in about 10 minutes. So you're, 
offense, defense, special teams in football. I hate when people say that because while special teams matters, it does not matter. It's not a third of the game. Mm-hmm. In baseball, pitching, hitting, defense, and you're saying run prevention, run scoring. I should look at it as two things. As two things. Because I look at the Cubs' defense as potentially being elite. I don't know that I look at their pitching as potentially being elite. Yeah, no. Am, it, I, am, I, am I wrong there? No. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't think you're wrong about the pitching not being elite. I think that's I, – I, I think but, – but great defense dramatically helps pitching be better, so, especially if it's all, you know, one cohesive plan of working right, they, all together. They don't miss a ton of bats, so the ball's going to be put in play, so you mm-hmm. want good defense, you want interchangeable parts, you got good defense up the middle, right, good game callers behind the plate, mm-hmm. two shortstops at second and, and uh, at short – Obviously, uh, Bellinger, a great defensive center fielder, half a gold glover and left. Right. Um, I guess my question then is how much? Like, if you took the, the Cubs pitching staff, and let's say the Cubs have, I, I don't know, do you think they have the best defense in baseball, fifth best defense in baseball? Uh, what, it's the top five. Top, top five. Def- All right, so let's call them the fifth best defense in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you took the 25th best defense in baseball, and you put that defense behind this Cubs pitching staff. What's the difference? I think oh, 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 over and I mean I'm I'm assuming there's a number there, right? I mean defensive runs saved is a, is a stat. Like I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like runs allowed, what would the difference be? I hear you between the fifth best defense and the twenty fifth best defense, and is that number significant enough to think like? they're really going to overachieve. Because if you were to tell me Mm -hmm. the Cubs could have the fifth-best pitching staff, the fifth-best defense, or the fifth-best offense, I would say that the fifth-best defense is the least valuable of those three things. I I got you. But you keep wanting to separate it into three things, and I don't think it's fair in terms Hmm. of the conversation. I think run prevention is what it's about. Last year, they were 20th in team ERA in Major League Baseball with a team ERA of four. I if I think they're going to be that is going to be better. They have uh, they they have several. Jamison Tyone is one. Yep. Um. Obviously, Hayden Wesneski uh, and or Adrian Sampson. One of those guys is the five. A full year of utilizing Keegan Thompson and Adbert as the long guys in the bullpen, and the way they're going to go about it. Uh, you know, Justin Steele with it. I think with all the defense and everything, I I would I. I'd say they'll be higher than top 15 in Team ERA. Top half of the league in Team ERA. Right. And, okay. the t- and the teams in the top half of the league in ERA last year, Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, Rays, Braves, Guardians, Mets, Mariners, the top eight all playoff teams. Then there's the Angels, who are a confounding disaster over and over, with despite having greatness. Then more playoff teams, Cardinals, Padres and then Brewers Giants like and now you're down at 13 Blue Jays at 15 so like you're if you're a top 15 team in terms of run prevention and MLB you're either a playoff team or damn close to it and that that that's so so that that's what I'm looking at to to better define my feelings on why I think that will matter so much I hope no I mean that 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 makes that makes sense and I guess I'm is ERA the same as run prevention I, I guess I over get, over I, a whole season, I get yeah, I guess it is. 
I get. I guess it is because p- pitching it, pitching matters now. Because of those top fifteen teams, a bunch of them have great defenses. A few have worse defenses, but they're they're but all good more, enough. But, but it is more of a point about the, the pitching. P- the pitching it staff. Is, it is the, 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 pitching the, the, matters the, the, more than the defense in that stat. Yeah, and and in run prevention overall, right? P- pitching matters more than than than. Than defense because mm-hmm. if you it doesn't matter how good your defense is if you got a pitching staff that gives up a bunch of homers right. and the ball goes over the wall and nobody and nobody can catch it right so I just I I hope you're right about it and it feels to me like there are some upside guys there mm-hmm. um, and the we've talked a lot about the bullpen use and the versatility and multiple long guys and and all of that yeah uh, I just. I hope they. I hope they have enough arms, and I don't know that they have the front end arms. Right? It feels like they've got a staff of a of like threes. I think they got a lot of really good, really good threes. Maybe with a couple of twos. I think yeah, I, a good year of Stroman is certainly a two. I, I think. I think Tyone and, and what he's doing with his new sweeper slider and the way that they're going to connect to go along with his durability. I, th- I think Tyone is is in for a very very solid year, and I think Justin Steele is going to be in for a very solid year with a step forward. But so those are the guys who I might think about as a two and everybody else is pretty good three. Okay. No, I mean that, that would be top 15 ERA team in baseball and hopefully a couple of dudes overperform offensively. Right. And they'll but, need that. But I, I doubt that one of them is going to be Cody Bell. You doubt that one of them is going to be Cody Bellinger and <laughs> say a Suzuki, man. He has to be downgraded. I know Carter was on today and people should listen to it with Molly and Haw talking about not being, Married to the idea of opening day because bad decisions gets made, kind of just mirroring what Jed had said. Mm-hmm. But those are the injuries that tend to linger, like you said. So, like, who's the most likely offensive overachieving candidate on the team? I Matt Mervis needs to be on this team. Yeah, I know you keep saying Mervis. Team. Uh, Mancini. Mancini. I, I think Mancini coming away from Camden Yards and all the uh, all the uncertainty there, and now getting to play at at Wrigley. I think it's. I think Mancini could have a big power year. That's possible. That, I mean, they they they, they need, need they need a big power year from someone. A few people. Yeah, yes. that that would be helpful because Dansby. I mean, twenty five, twenty seven home runs. They think you'd sign up for that right now. Ryan McGuffey on Sox camp, the drama and the baseball coming up on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.